0: And welcome, Seekers, to episode number 157 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast made by Seekers and for Seekers. And let's just jump right into our shout-outs.
1: Our shout-outs are to Jeff, Dawn, and PJ. We're glad to have you guys listening. You bet. Our quote is one I've done maybe a couple of times before, but it fits and it's
2: something I remind myself of often. It's from Wayne Dyer says peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is rather than as you think it
0: should be and that's very good good words if we just if we would only listen to it now Wayne Dyer passed away didn't he i don't know did he I really didn't i read know. where okay well maybe I, I thought maybe last year or something that i would read where he passed away mickey gilly passed away
1: i, I saw that, that. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first of the cousins to go
0: yeah oh well, that's right is jerry lee still jerry lee he's lewis? not doing well in case anybody in case anybody don't know that the cousins are mickey gilly jerry lee lewis and jimmy swagger and jimmy swagger they were all Cousins. I
1: didn't know that Mickey Gilley was in Yeah, that. they're all oh, first okay. cousins. If the you piano. listen to him play piano, the piano
0: and it, it they all, all had
1: they all have the same there in Okay, Florida what is Day, this, Louisiana. a country music
0: show or Sorry. what? Are yeah, we-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever we want.
0: Today's Today's episode topic is going to be on peace. Peace. Uh, let's, let's, let's all try to define peace in our own words.
1: Well, for me, peace is the absence of noise. Whether that's internal noise or external noise, peace is the absence of noise.
0: Uh, absence of chaos. Mm-hmm. Absence of stress.
2: I think for me, I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying I accomplish this all the time, but peace is, to me is that you have that content feeling no matter what the chaos is around you. You're like, it's going to be okay. I'm yeah. going to make it. But not going dis- to
0: disturb my peace. Yeah, that's, I, I'm learning to figure Out what disturbs my peace and the triggers that triggers and then I realize that it's something with me it's not that person Mm -hmm. it's something with me well for most of my life my level of peace depended on external circumstances and how well they met my expectation as Tabitha quoted Wayne Dyer there how well they met my expectation of how things ought to be the problem with this approach to peace is that situations and circumstances always change and of course so did my peace
1: That's something that my husband and I have been having that conversation a lot lately because I have a little bit more tendency, I guess, and Tabby and I have had this conversation. I have a tendency to just, well, it'll be okay. We'll work it out when we get there kind of thing. And it's hard for me because some days, like, I really have it. And some days I let everything kind of break through that wall, if that makes sense.
0: Well, sure. Uh, It's there again. I'm trying to learn not to let anyone disturb my peace, or anything disturb my peace. You don't have to let it, you don't have to allow it to, but your mind is the biggest disturber of the peace that there is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the number one disturber of the peace, I guess. I spent a great deal of my life thinking I'd reach peace and happiness always in the future. When I finally got everything to work out the way I wanted it to. Which is, again, elusive because everything is never exactly the way we want or expect it to be, right? Or even when this time we accomplished this and it turned out just the way we wanted it, then we start looking to the future for the next thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: And when I have that, I'll have peace. If I could just have the, if I could just retire, I could have peace. If I could just get my house paid for, I'd Mm -hmm. have peace. If all externals, all Mm -hmm. external things, and peace cannot come. If I could just find somebody that loved me and... I could love them, somebody I loved, and they could love me the way I should be loved and would appreciate me. I'd have, no. Right. It's all external things when we're looking externally. uh, Everything you seek, I've got a little deal on my board this year. It says everything you seek externally, love, peace, happiness, God, you could not find because they've always been within you. The source you seek is internal. Ask within, seek within, knock on the door within. The answer to the thing you seek and the door to be open is already there when you finally realize it cannot be found externally.
1: I like that. Uh,
0: for me, I began to experience peace when I learned that my peace was disturbed when I resisted the way things were going. It's one we resist, mm-hmm. refuse to accept. Uh, it wasn't the circumstances uh that were taking my peace it was my resistance to accepting things the way they are now acceptance is liberating but we don't think it is
1: so you were going on a float but you were paddling upstream instead of floating of course yeah
0: resistance well that's true that's a good analogy but that's acceptance we can't think we really can't imagine this but acceptance is where real peace is when we accept things just the way they are it's when we, have you, have you ever heard of, I just can't accept that. Oh. I just can't, I just can't accept it. Yeah, I refuse <laughs> to accept this, that this is the way, well, there's no peace. The peace is, is when we, like I said, we uh, stop resisting and start accepting. And it is very liberating. If our peace can be disturbed by people or circumstances, then we really haven't accomplished inner peace totally, have we?
1: No, um, I will say, though, I think that most of us have really only ever experienced throughout our lives, external peace, especially when we start down the kind of spiritual enlightenment journey. But I think even the best of us really still have those moments, at least me, that disrupt that inner peace regularly well, me,
0: well to be honest with you just speaking religion i'm talking about organized yeah. religion of any kind uh that's what most people go to it because they think they're gonna find that piece but that's still an external religion is always dealing with the external yes uh, even though oh no we're talking about but we we religion always puts god somewhere far away that we must draw and we must we must coax him into our into our being uh how important is managing our emotional investments to obtaining an experience in peace? You know, we I think we did an episode on emotional investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but And if you don't know what that is, it means that uh, it's, just, it's more or less, I think we maybe mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, emotional investment is where... <laughs> we something a thought or it it can be a thought it can just be a thought and then we become involved in, and then it just keeps and we ruminate over it but emotional investment can be that somebody says a an unkind word to us and then we invest in it Mm -hmm. we get our feelings hurt and we just keep thinking about it and we become emotionally invested in that one thing and anything we and i think we're all so overly extended emotionally we're invested, you know, the television. They want us to invest. You know, we've talked about this for nineteen ninety five a month. Just every, yeah. everything. Get emo- if they can get you to emotionally invest, mm-hmm. then, they, then they've got you hooked.
1: I think there are two things that really come to my mind, and one of them is my friend Steph. And I didn't realize for a long time why she did this, but we've always kind of been vent partners for each other. When you need to talk about something, run something by somebody. But she would always start the message with, do you have some space for me to vent for a minute yeah and for a long time i thought of that as like having the time Mm -hmm. to do it but i realized that what she's really asking me is can you take a little bit of my emotional load for a little while but there's something else that kind of cracks me up because i realized i started doing it in my mind a lot tabby has a daughter who is the queen of sarcasm yeah (laughs) yeah and she has this one line that she uses on me sometimes that sounds like a personal problem to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's something that I've had to start mentally using when other people are unloading their problems on me is this isn't your problem. This is their personal problem. That's so right. So just let it go. And you can let them talk about it, but don't take it on.
0: If you can listen and you don't invest emotionally, mm-hmm. but when you start or or you don't try to be the fixer
1: yeah i tell my husband a lot to stick with being a car mechanic and not a life mechanic because you yeah. can't fix well, things. And, well and i'll go back and i'll give dad props for last week's podcast because I, I was kind of she mad, not no.
2: argumentative <laughs> but we we didn't really see eye to eye on yeah. what you were talking about not venting your problems and just continually yeah. so this last week i thought I'm going to prove him wrong. No, I've just decided, okay, when something bothers me, instead of immediately wanting to tell someone else, I'm just going to let it go, you know, internalize it, kind of...
0: And remember you know remember that line, let it go, because I think our next podcast is probably going to be but it on letting go. But it helped to
2: not talk about it yes. and gather more, because like, but, if I vented to Trace and if I told her how I was feeling, and then she, okay. that same. But,
0: but not only that, your your emotional investment is deeper then. You've it is. Reinvested. Yeah, you've reinvested. Yeah. You've invested again. You went back and reinvested more into that, not only the first time, but now you've gone. And every time we talk about it, we invest more of ourselves.
2: I had a thing happen yesterday. Someone was pretty rude to my son, and it really bothered me because you pick on my kids. It bothers me, you know. And I thought, I'm going to sit here, and I could feel my chest was getting tight. I could feel the flush rising, and I thought, you know what? I had a wonderful day. Everything that could go right went right yesterday, and I'm letting this one little thing. So I'm not going to talk about it. I'm gonna release it a, a, a little it and move childish, on.
0: a little childish thing. that, yeah. that doesn't and it doesn't didn't matter, and it
2: doesn't matter, but I gotta tell you maybe you were right last week after all.
0: Well. I know. And that's the personal, most you're going to get from her. I, well, when I talk about those things, I'm talking from personal experience. Right. And so, yeah, we think, well, you'll feel better if you talk about it. No, you don't. And I'm not
2: saying some things yeah, I think you have sure, to talk about. If you Sure. But,
0: but but sometimes if you think it's someone that can help you, but if you're just doing it to build momentum, yes. that's what we're doing. We're building yeah. negative momentum. And
2: yeah. I didn't realize that I was doing that. I, t- I was doing it subconsciously. Yeah, well, I was.
0: No, but, no, you were doing it consciously. Your mind was doing it. it. yeah Yeah. your mind was doing it for you
2: my intent was not to make it i guess i didn't think that was my intent
1: sure it was not your conscience thought process of i'm gonna tell this person so they're gonna be on my side and we're gonna go tell other people it just your mind was taking uh, over how does that
0: let's go back and say how does that affect when you tell somebody and they really well you know you ought to really go and just chew that person you ought to tell them how then then all you do you're you're vindicated you're invested more and more you just keep investing and you just keep thinking about it as we mentioned, our peace is disturbed when we resist and refuse to accept things for the way they are. And we then set out to think our way out of the situation, which is an illusion of the mind. Mm-hmm. We never think our way out of anything. Our mind is so our mind is so scattered. It'll take any side of any topic mm-hmm. that it can, that you will attach emotion to. Yep.
1: I heard whatever, a whatever
0: whatever whatever thought side of the issue you attach emotion to your mind will then your mind say okay i've got i've mm-hmm. got i've got you now i'm the boss right i'm in control
1: i heard a person use the phrase last week we were talking to a guy at our shop and he's like well he said i know that's a problem i'm gonna have to go home and meditate on it and i'm like you know it never really hit me because i've heard people use, i'm gonna go meditate on that problem for a little bit and I'm like hyper-focusing on something has uh, never helped me solve no, a problem I, and that is the opposite of meditation Yeah, I was, say, every it,
0: form. I was about to say, is that not exactly
1: what meditation isn't?
0: Yeah, <laughs> meditation is to take you away from not mm-hmm. to think about, because what you're doing, you're not meditating, you're ruminating. Yes. <laughs> you're ruminating, bringing it back up, regurgitating it. That's what ruminate means, to regurgitate and then swallow it again
2: and it quickly turns into an obsessive yeah
0: Uh are we so accustomed to living in survival mode that we don't know how to simply live each day
1: how often do you go because this is something i had to ask myself when i read this how often do you go into a new day let's say it's a saturday it's a day off work how often do you go into a saturday with absolutely no plan for anything that you need to get done that day I do that almost
2: every Saturday because Saturdays are my, I have, honestly, I have a day and I do everything I can to not, no matter what has to be done, I have one day that I don't.
0: Well, I I like, and a lot of times I use Sunday for that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we've had to do some podcasting stuff on Sunday and then some other things and that's disturbed my schedule. But but now that we're back into that schedule, I I enjoy usually, if I can get a few hours and sometimes I'll spend a complete day. Yeah, Doing absolutely. And we
1: we try as well. My husband and I. My husband's a big go and do things Mm. on the weekend kind of person. So we usually compromise. We have one day for errands. We have one day just to stay home. And then we have one day to go out on an an adventure every weekend.
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: But the last few weeks, our schedule kind of swelled up on us. And so it has been something to do every single day. And I almost start feeling suffocated and I get cranky and because I haven't had any time to just exist. Well, Well, and that's why
2: I didn't mean to cut you off, but that I read something on Facebook and it has really just stuck with me. And and basically it said, I'm tired of just existing. I want to live. And I kind of feel like that's That's, where I am sometimes. That's
0: survival mode because you're just thinking about, I need to survive. If I can just survive this. Wait, survive what? You're either going to. Literally survive it or you're literally mm-hmm. not going to survive it. And you're going to have very little control. Yeah.
1: There's the one thing, thing that I cannot survive and there is not anything I can do about that There's nothing I one can thing. do
0: about that. That's right. I found one of the first steps to inner peace is to learn to live in the now. Now, I'm borrowing that probably from Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. and others like no, right. Alan Watts, there's Alan Watts, some. different ones. Uh, I don't know how they are in relation to age. I think Alan Watts was before, right?
1: I would think, I think but so. I'm not a hundred percent sure:
0: I found one of the first steps to enter peace is to learn to live in the now, this moment, in the moment. Living in the now or the moment may be defined as a state of neither ruminating over past events or fretting over future events. This is all the mind really knows how to do when it's you know when it has been programmed by living in survival mode. It's always drawn back from the past seeing if it can see if it can predict what's mm-hmm. going to happen in the future because that's where we, that's the only reason we go back to the past is either that or we just we're a little sadistic we'll go back and suffer embarrassment over and over over things of the past why I don't know
1: and and our mind will continually
2: bring especially it especially when you go to I'm lay
1: down for the night yeah and I'm, there are those memes that go around Facebook where the kids laying in bed and they're almost asleep. And then the little brain pops up in the corner and it goes, do you remember that time you peed your pants in second grade and everyone laughed at you? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, those hit me every single time because my brain goes, my mind goes, we do that too. But, I can do that to you.
0: But yeah. step but step back. Now, I used to think, shutting it off, i just stop it. No, I'm not going to think that. But I've actually... Decided that let the little, screaming child, say what it's got to do, and and sit back and smile at it, and say, okay, are you finished?
1: Yeah. Is that all you've got? Do
0: you feel do you feel better now? Because I'm not I'm not investing in that. Yeah. I'm not going to invest in that. How does fear play into our lack of inner peace? I mean, sur- survival mode is driven by fear, right? Fear is always associated with thoughts of loss. I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose my happiness. I'm going to lose. Isn't it? Fear is just fear of loss, right? And the yeah. ultimate and, and I heard someone say the other day, I was listening to a actually a hypnosis or a meditation thing, and it actually said something I never thought of. Said all of our fears are fear of death. Hmm. Yeah. Every fear is our fear of death.
1: That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I
0: never even considered that. That every fear we have is actually connected to our fear of death. And they said you must. Said so this is why Jesus said you must die to yourself. If you oh. want to have life, he who dies will have life. He who loves life will die.
1: Oh, wow. That was kind of a chills moment yeah. a little bit. Every,
0: everyone, they, I read, and this was in this hypnosis, and I've been thinking about that. It says, go ahead and die. Go ahead and let yourself die. Allow yourself to die. Give yourself permission to die. Yeah, and then you can start living in peace.
1: Huh?
0: Because that's the thing all fear is connected to, because it's fear of loss. But everything is the fear that it's going to be my demise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can
1: definitely
0: see
2: fear and peace are just I mean they're they cannot coexist.
0: No, no, no they're on opposite. That's the reason that and I don't know if you guys caught it in the in the where I was speaking yesterday about how fear. Yes. Mm -hmm. I slipped all of those things in, putting it in the category of the little bird story right. that I had. But uh, I don't know how well received kinda it was. I kind of wish but,
2: he had recorded that. I do, that do that would too.
1: Have been a great. Well, we might. We to might our podcast. I've got
0: it. I could actually just do it for a podcast at one time. Maybe that would be just great. Read it if you would for a just podcast. record it. And yeah. We could
1: put it out there as a little extra for everybody to enjoy.
0: Isn't the degree of our inner peace directly related to how much we trust divine the divine power of the universe? Yes. Mm-hmm. That there really you know, that there really is order in what we perceive as chaos. And when we get involved in trying to alter the outcome of a situation or a circumstance, we are actually setting ourselves up for a violent manifestation. Does that do you know what that is? It's when we try to force the thing we want to happen before the timing is right. No wonder that Jesus would always say, My time's not yet come. Mm-hmm. It was going to happen.
1: But not right now.
0: But it wasn't. The timing wasn't right. So I, I heard of this once and I realized I've caused a lot of violent manifestations. When, when something is supposed to manifest, when it's supposed to come into your life, all of the points are lined up. All of the dots are lined up. But when we force it, all of the dots aren't lined up and there's going to be some kinks in it and it's going to turn out sometimes to be awful.
2: And how many times i know i've done it okay if god throws up a roadblock i'm gonna but then i start trying to find ways to jump that
1: hurdle there you go you know yeah. to this keep one going. isn't really yeah. a roadblock this is more like a big speed bump and i think if i get up some gas i can go over it right
0: violent manifestation in other words instead of trusting we meddle mm-hmm. with negative thoughts and fears that actually inject negative energy into the situation which hinders the timing and the perfect outcome of the situation. Do you ever think of that? Because thoughts are power too. Yeah. Thoughts are energy too. I- and so there we are. We we throw out this little bit of positive. I may have mentioned this in the last podcast. We throw out this. We go after this thing with positive energy. And then we throw behind it a truckload of a negative, negative energy mm-hmm. because we keep thinking, thinking, and then we think we're going to think our way through it. And what we're going to do is think our way out of it. Yeah. We're going to think our way where it's never going to manifest.
1: I have to tell you, this reminded me of a quote from, and I think it was a Dean Kuntz book, but please don't quote me on that because I read a lot. But the line in this book was stop trying to turn the universe from a full orchestra into a five piece band.
0: Yeah, it's true
1: because we always try and pick and choose how we're going to get something to come out in the end mm-hmm. and he's like the universe is an orchestra with all of these instruments and rows and rows of musicians and you're trying to make it into a five piece rock band so that you can control it I like
0: that true inner peace cannot be disturbed by people by circumstances By circumstances, by events or situations. Therefore, the outcome is not essential to our peace. Yeah. The outcome of this is not essential to my peace. If the outcome of something is essential to your peace, then you don't have inner peace. That's right. You have external peace. Your peace is dependent on external. And I hope that made as much sense. I will admit it, it, but
1: I won't like it.
0: (laughs) Finding peace takes practice. It takes learning how to not make emotional investments in every thought our mind flashes before us. One person said that when we learn to meditate, the first thing we have to do is learn to step back and observe our mind and all its chatter. But only observe it, but only only observe as we would if we were sitting by the side of the road watching cars go by. We don't make a judgment or emotional investment in every car that goes down the street. Right. We just observe it and it goes out of sight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And then we don't think about that car anymore. Yeah, we
0: don't just sit and ruminate. Well, what were that purple, car, that red car that went by? And just you <laughs> where know, where are we,
1: they going? Who was that? Yeah,
0: you know, uh, and that's really what we're supposed to do. And I think actually, I think that's I can't think of the guy that does it's Headspace that does the one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That does the uh, the only thing I've got problem I've got with that they're too short. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're, they're
0: like fifteen minutes. But the, but they've got a guide to meditation on. Mm. Uh, I think it's still on Netflix. It was just a week or two ago. Yeah. They're really good, but they're so short. The whole well, thing, I'll start listening to it and have it on, and it'll go through all the episodes. I think there's just like six episodes.
2: Well, Headspace is actually, I think, an app. They, it is, and I think that's what they're trying and, to do. is—is yeah.
0: is, I think that's the whole point is to attract people, to, which it would be worth it. It's very good. Everything I've listened to on mm-hmm. it has been great. How important is detachment from overthinking and analyzing everything? And making judgments of everything as good or bad. How important it is to detach from that kind of behavior.
2: I think that if you can't do that, you're never going to find that inner peace. And
0: that's, it is difficult. I'm not saying it's any not of these things easy. are easy. But to detach, and that means you, to me, detach means I step back.
2: It doesn't mean you you don't care, and it doesn't mean you're no. callous. And No, it doesn't. It's but not it the means same. that you, for me, it it's means not I have to step back and say, I hate that this is happening to you, but I can't invest I, in this because ultimately, whatever the outcome, it doesn't usually affect but, me. But in did any you way. hear
0: yourself? I hate that this is happening. I, I do. do. And emotional, and I that's do, an and emotional. You still, but you, and you I, you I still, do. What? You, what? I you've can't gotta,
2: lack empathy though. Huh? That's not something I've been. I can't lack empathy for someone. Well, no,
0: no. But we can be over empathetic too, and sure. we can really be over empathetic, especially. Okay. This is something I've had to learn about detaching. Uh, I've had to learn, does this serve me? Does this thought serve me in any way? Does this serve me in any positive way? If it doesn't serve me in any positive way, why am I doing it? Mm -hmm.
1: I think you come to that point where you start choosing those things. Like when someone's going through a situation and you know that there's something that you can do and something, whether it's I can bring them a casserole for dinner. I can pick up a couple of things, you know, and take to their house. But you have to learn that line of, okay, now I've done what I can do.
0: Yeah. And I'm walking away from What it is, our ego doesn't like to admit that we can't fix it.
1: Exactly.
0: In our ego, we're the fixer. And if you're in your ego, in my ego, if I'm the fixer, I invest in everyone because it's, I'm really not invested in, it's not being empathetic. It's really my ego. I want to, I want to come out the fixer.
1: Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. want everyone to be happy that I solved this situation for you. I mean, honestly, for me, when it goes deeper, it's everyone will be so happy. I fixed this. I was able to, but there are things in life, guys, you will never fix. Mm -hmm. You will never fix someone else's relationship. You will never fix the loss of a loved one. There is nothing that you can do in that situation. And that that person
0: is fully invested in the idea that this circumstance, if it was changed, it'll make them happy. So they don't have inner peace either, do they? No. No. We should be teaching them about inner peace, not about, okay, let's see how we can fix this so you can be happy. Right. Talking about something external. Let's fix this external thing so you can be happy. And I promise you, if you could fix this external thing, their happiness, then they're convinced that their happiness really does depend (laughs) on external So, So then it's always, that's a bad road to go down. Everything that unfolds in our life and the lives of those we know and love is going to unfold whether we worry about it or not. But our ego mind can't accept that it is not in control or nor can it accept that it can at least influence the situation for a desired outcome. That's really what that's really where all of our problems come from. We when things aren't what we expect them to be. Sure. This is not how this is supposed to be. Yes, it is exactly the way it's supposed to be.
1: And so you sit down and you make your little plan about how you're going to fix it and make it the way you want it. And then about two weeks after that, you're sitting in the middle of a big mud puddle of a mess. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you've meddled and sent a lot of negative energy after positive. Living in the now is the only key to inner peace. And our mind, now let me let me tell you, if you can go and there's audio book. It's even on YouTube. It's an audio book. Uh, Eckhart Tolle uh, or Tolle or however his name is pronounced. Uh, he has a book called The Power of Now, and he's actually narrating it, and it did ask questions, and he's actually got an antagonist. Some of the people are, well, I can't, you can't do that. If I do that kind of like you, if mm-hmm. I can't, I can't not emotionally, and then he answers those questions. It's very good. Have you listened to it? Have you read it? I you have. To it? It's The yeah. Power of Now. I've listened to it two or three nights. I go to sleep every time almost while I'm doing it, but it is powerful. He does have very a very powerful.
1: relaxing voice yes. too.
0: Uh Living in the now is the only key to inner peace. And our mind does not like to live in the now. Have you noticed that? Yes. The mind never wants to be right here, right now.
1: Because when you're right here, right now, your mind is no longer in control of the you situation. You are in control.
0: Your spirit is in control, not your mind. The mind does not like to live in the now because it always dwells in the past or the future because you've trained it in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So it's always trying to draw experience from the past. And don't make those mistakes again. And always trying to change the future for a desired outcome. Mm -hmm. Living in the now can be difficult at first. We really don't realize that we spend most of our now on autopilot. Have you ever thought of that?
1: I kind of have, but it was because my husband brought forth. We all know I'm a very clumsy person. I fall down regularly. And I tripped one night walking through our living room. I tripped on our rug and fell, got back up, and I was laughing about it. My husband said, you know, it's because, he said, you fall all the time, and it's because you're always thinking about where you're going or what you're going to get, and you're never aware of where you're at right now. That's
0: that's good, and that's very good. And that's it hit me good. that
1: that's usually what it is, is I'm looking, okay, I'm going to run into the bathroom and grab me a Q-tip and run back out and – I am paying no attention to what room I'm in or what's going on around me. And I've realized I do that in life. We, we go
0: through life on autopilot. Uh, not being aware of the beauty and the comfort of being present in the present moment. Merely taking a deep breath and being totally in the moment is a good way to start. Mm-hmm. To stop, taking a deep breath and think about, it. I'm breathing. I'm breathing. Look at your body. It's breathing. Look at your hands. Sometimes I look at my hands and think, what an amazing instrument yes that can do i can command it subconsciously i can talk and close my hand and open my hand what an amazing instrument this is have
1: you ever have you guys <clears throat> ever done like the grounding questions and grounding exercises before
0: well the grounding I, I always thought grounding was going out and laying on the bare ground
1: well i mean you can do that our barefoot is walking
0: barefoot is a,
1: Can you feel the air, feel the air on your skin, feel
0: yeah,
2: touch? A
1: great place to start, um, and I can't remember, I think it might have been at Carth that suggested when you're starting to learn about grounding yourself in the now and in the moment, showers are a good place to start Mm -hmm. when you go take your shower. What can you see? What can you smell? What does the soap feel like on your Mm -hmm. skin? Because like right now... You have your hand on your leg, but do you, do you feel the fabric under your hand? Is that something you're consciously aware of? Um, and that's where things, um, there are things you can get now that are, they call them sensory mm-hmm. objects, and they have them like where it's a sticker on the back of your phone that you can rub against just to bring you back to that awareness of, I can feel this, I'm here right now, this is. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if we're going to town, going to the store, going to shopping, we're we're driving on autopilot. We do everything on autopilot because where's our mind when I get to the... Mm
1: -hmm. When I get where I'm going.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we miss everything in between. We do. What if this is your final trip anywhere? That's true. What if it was your final trip to ever take anywhere?
1: And you remember none of it because you're completely focused on... Right. And how many times have you driven home so lost in thought that you don't remember the drive
0: home? And I'm telling you, the mind will resist being in the right now with everything it's got. It'll throw everything at you it can because the mind is an unruly child that wants to rule. Mm-hmm. The child wants to be in control. And and that's why uh, we must bring the mind into subjection to our spirit, who we really are. Because as long as we... I guess the first thing we have to learn is that we are not our mind.
1: That is the hardest break. For I me am, to I make was not, when I realized that I am not this voice inside my head. Yeah,
0: I'm not my mind. Because if I was my mind, how can I step back and tell my mind to hush? Right. Who's doing that? Who's observing my mind acting like a child, always worrying and ruminating? Very true. Who is that? That's me. But what we've done is our mind in our survival mode, that's what all our mind is supposed to do, is to keep us from danger. Right? But what we've done, we think that's the only thing in life that there is, is just survival. We're not living, we're just surviving. And that's what our mind is equipped, that's what we've equipped it, we've programmed it. We will find that the mind tries to disturb this being in the now by bombarding us with thoughts, past and future. But the mind is only doing what it's trained to do. It can be retrained. If we accomplish one minute of quieting the mind and living in the now, We have made, I don't think people realize what great progress this is. If you can one moment for one whole minute be in the minute, in the now, in the right now. If we do this a couple times a day, in a little while, we begin to realize that our moments of peace are lengthening as our mind reprograms to be an instrument that serves us, not a master. Someone said that the mind is an amazing servant, but a terrible master.
1: I like
0: that. True inner peace comes from slowly reprogramming our minds to serve our pursuit of inner peace instead of constantly disturbing our inner peace. Because the mind, you're sitting and you're meditating. You're having, you're just totally in the now. At this moment, everything is perfect. At this moment, there's nothing to disturb me at this moment. Mm -hmm. And then the mind, yeah, but what about that thing you've got tomorrow? (laughs)
1: Have you thought about what you're gonna do when you?
0: Oh, you've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, and then suddenly, see how it happens. Mm -hmm. So where are we? Our whole life is about getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. From now on, the next the next twelve hours will be about worrying about whether we're gonna wake up. I like this one.
1: Or when you just go, okay, gonna set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning, and then I'm gonna lay down and go to sleep. And you're laying there for about five minutes, and your brain goes. Are you sure that you said it right? What if you don't? What if you're late? What if the alarm doesn't go off? Do you need to set another alarm? What if you, and that's, that's the line that my brain will just to try and keep, yeah, keep my attention more, on it. Yeah. Or
2: the whole, okay, it's 11 o'clock. If I get up at four, I have five hours of sleep. Yeah. It's 1130, three and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. Yep.
0: And who is it? That? That's the mind. It is. Because if you could shut it off, you could sleep.
2: Yes. Mm hmm.
0: But it has to be retrained. It really does come down to who and what we trust. Do we trust the divine energy and the flow of God and the universe to keep balance and order to all things? Or do we trust our own mind to know how things ought to be? If we trust our own minds to know what is best for us in all circumstances, we are really just serving ego mind. Very true. That's all we're doing is
1: mm-hmm.
0: serving ego mind. Anything?
1: Nope, I. Well, as
0: always, may God's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on, in, and radiate out from all of us. And that's from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible.
1: Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at GodBeyondTheBible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at GodBeyondTheBible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.